Hello, 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 and welcome to another Win Daily Sports Show. My name is Michael Raziel. I got my man, Sian Najad, and we are here talking NFL Week 14 betting line. Sia, how are you today? I'm good, man. I'm feeling like I'm not very accomplished because I'm the one of two of us that hasn't written a book recently. That is true. I will say you're a doctor and a lawyer, though. So I don't know. I'm going to say you're pretty darn accomplished, my friend. You're pretty a darn lawyer, but okay. The well, Wendale are... resident doctor. Yeah, I'm, the yeah, Steph- I'm the Stefania Bell of Wendaley, which for the record really isn't saying much because I mean, I'm just, oh, come on. That was kind of mean. Um, just saying. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Um, doctor, lawyer, business executive, you're all of the above. Sia, you're all of the above. I think you're very accomplished. Yes. I, Michael Raziel. The Win Daily Sports, um, I don't know, talking guy. I wrote a book, so check it out. Winning in Sports Business, Jason Mizrahi is in it. If you are interested, if you haven't read his book on how he started Win Daily Sports, uh, there's about a chapter in my book about him uh, and what he did and how he built it, as well as many other people. Our friends Brandon Steiner, David Meltzer are both in it, uh, which is absolutely fantastic. So a lot of cool people, and I want to thank Sia, of course, and Nick and everyone else on the team who have helped in the promotion of it, who helped in the uh, the fundraising side of it. So appreciate everybody there. A lot of uh, I'm, I just ordered 150 books, and now I get to sign all of them and send them out. So I'm very excited wow. to get to you get do to that. Sign so. books, it's pretty darn Damn. cool, man. Pretty darn awesome. cool. I would have went to my local Barnes and Nobles and and set up shop and let three people buy my book, but unfortunately, we can't do that anymore in the pandemic. So, uh, Michael, I believe it's Barnes and Noble, isn't it? Isn't it uh, Barnes well, and Noble? Nobles, like, is it Nobles? Is there an S at the end? Nobility, right? I don't know. I don't think that's a thing. And you're an author, so just make sure you have the name of the bookstores correct. Because my friend, like my friend, nobody cares about Barnes and Noble anyway. It's all about Amazon. So you can go buy the book on Amazon. It is 99 cents right now. Uh, the ebook is 99 cents. So please go check that out. But we're, that's enough. That's enough talking about me being an author. I'll put it in Discord. I'll put it everywhere. If you want, come hang out with us in that Discord chat, windailysports.com backslash chat. It's our instant messenger chat where we talk about sports and help you make money. I've been using that a lot. I don't know if more people have been signing up, but hopefully people at least understand what it is. I credit you each and every time too, Sia. Each and um, every time. I hear that because I, I listen to you quite often Thank on you. the shows that I'm actually not on with you. But uh, my friend uh, Joe, he's Joey C in the chat. I don't think he participates quite yet, but uh, he just got a membership um, and he is fascinated by Discord because like, again, we say Discord and people are like, what's mm-hmm. that? And I mean, it is like instant messenger on steroids and it's just sports and it's so awesome. So he's getting a lot of that. I mean, he's he's way ahead of the game. Like, I, like I'm catching up on things that he's filling me in on from Discord. So that's pretty cool. Look at that. And uh, no S in Noble. Right. So should, shouldn't not, it be Barn and Noble then? Yeah, you know what? It's also not Amazons.com. It's Amazon. So there's like, a, as an author, there's like three things you need to know. Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, and New York bestseller list. Those are the only three concepts, monikers you need to know. So I'm going to need help with the New York Times bestsellers list because all you have to actually do is pay money and they put you on it. So if you guys want to help me out, they actually you don't actually have to sell a single book to become a number one New York Times bestseller. So as everybody in the media likes to say, it's total bullshit and fake news. So you got to love it. I feel like I just learned that Santa Claus doesn't exist. What is that about? Whoa, dude, we have people watching the show right now. Whoops. 
My bad. Okay, so let's get to the NFL betting lines. Let's get to the NFL betting lines. Seriously, seriously. Go buy my book, Amazons.com's Winning in Sports Business. Uh, All right, yes, let's check out. It's going to be a fun week. I've been looking it over, trying to figure out. We, We haven't had too many... Too many major line movements. There's been a couple, and there's some that haven't moved, and you're kind of curious why. We also only have one fish game. There's, they're only trying to get you once, and I know which way you are going to go because it's the Anthony Lynn game, but we will get to that a little bit later on in the show. Let's start with our Thursday night game. We have the Patriots traveling out to Los Angeles. Game started at 6.5 to the Rams. It is now down to minus 5, minus 5.5, depending on your book, with about 70% of the money coming in on the Rams. Pretty low total as well. I mean, we kind of know this Patriots offense, their MO is don't do anything. Uh, so the over-under is sitting at about 45 right now, minus five and a half to the Rams, Sia. How do you feel about that? This is interesting because we're coming off what we saw, you know, four, three days ago, Patriots completely dismantling Anthony Lynn's Chargers, which I guess isn't saying much, but when you see a 45 to nothing score, you're not yeah. expecting a line to open at six and a half. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's been bet down to plus five. To me, it's still too many points. I mean, I think the Rams are sort of a Jekyll and Hyde type team, right? So like one, you know, one week they're really good and then San Francisco completely dismantles them. And then we just see Josh, what Josh Allen did to San Francisco and we're like, wait a minute, like something isn't right here. So I think the Rams are probably a top five team in the NFL. They're probably in that like fifth range, maybe sixth. But with all of that said, I, I mean, I, I I don't think you need Cam Newton to throw chuck the ball around to cover five points. I think he just needs to not turn the ball over. And Damian Harris and James White just need to tote the ball a little bit. And their defense, listen, Jared Goff can be good. You know, they establish the run, then he gets into play action. All of a sudden the Rams are like high flying. But again, we saw what Bill Belichick, you know, did to the Chargers. And so I think this is not a quarterback that scares them. And therefore, mm-hmm. as, as well-rounded as the Rams might be, I think five is way too many. Honestly, I think the true line here should be probably three or three and a half yeah. because we know home field advantage is like garbage this year for obvious reasons. So I'm really surprised it opened at six and a half. I mean, that does kind of tell me something. But the fact that it got bet down to, to five, that means obviously there's some money, some probably some good money on the Patriots. So give me the plus five. Yeah, yeah, good money on the Rams. Yeah, well, you know, actually, yeah, that's the thing. The actual, the more money's coming in on the Rams, and there's a little reverse line movement, as our friend Josh Applebaum likes to say. Josh, if you're watching, we have a couple weeks left, and I ask you literally every week to come on the show, and I'm gonna keep doing it. So one of these days, man, one of these days. Yeah, I, I think I wish I got it at six and a half. I'll still take it at five, five and a half. I think the Patriots probably win this game, honestly. Um, Again, like, what did you wow. like? Oh, I mean, like, what what do you think? And I, I like literally take everything that's going to happen on the field away, which sounds kind of silly. But what do you always say? Like, Sean McVay, his his kryptonite is coaches that are better than him. We already we already saw this game. Now, granted, it was obviously a little different, but I mean, I'm not going to put the Patriots. I'm I'm not going to take them money line. Um, definitely going to take those points though. Wish I got it at six and a half. And yeah, it's just weird. I feel like Bill Belichick's going to out scheme him. I think Jared Goff is going to be. Um, is it, is it Jekyll? That sounds like the bad one, right? Jekyll's yeah, I'm pretty bad. sure Jekyll's the bad one. Yeah, because but... Hyde doesn't sound that bad. Like Jekyll sounds like uh, kind of creepy. So I think he'll be Jekyll this game. Jekyll Goff. That's funny. <laughs> can somebody, uh, we'll can somebody look that up too? Jo- Josh is in the chat. He probably knows that offhand. Yeah, Josh. We see Josh Theo. Oh, Rocker is there. He's talking about Santa Claus. Rocker's probably watching us. He sent me a picture of himself um, while I was doing the chat or the, the stream with Stoby last night. And where's this going? He has this gigantic TV and he just puts us on the TV. Like it's weird as shit. Like this is solid, like 55 inch TV. He just throws our live stream up there. So appreciate it. 
Yeah, I fully endorse that move. I, well, I, I mean, no offense to Stoby, but I think we can all agree that <laughs> you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it makes a little bit more right. sense this way. I mean, no, no offense to Stoby. <laughs> I think he would agree with that. Uh, love you, Stoby. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think uh, Patriots plus five, five and a half, depending on your book. Uh, let us go to the Sunday slate. We have the Texans traveling up to the windy city to take on the bears line is at minus one minus one and a half to the Texans bears home dogs. Don't see that too often over under sitting at about 45 right now. Texans are bad. Bears are bad. I think this game's going to be pretty stupid. See, so yeah, how do you feel about the uh, Texans minus one? I mean, this is this is like the prototypical stay away game for obvious reasons. Like none of these teams have much to play for. They're both bad. <sighs> I, I think I have to – the Bears were actually pretty good for three and a half quarters last week or yeah. a few days ago. I mean, they were, they were solid. And it, you know, a couple quirky plays, a turnover by Mitch Trubisky. But even Mitch Trubisky wasn't that bad for three quarters. So I feel like – I don't know. The, the Texans were pretty good too. They should have – they absolutely should have beat the Colts. I mean, they, they were about to walk in and it was a bad snap. So I, I think the Texans are the better team both on offense and on defense at this point. I think we saw last week what happened with a Will Fullerless offense. And honestly, it wasn't that terrible. I mean, Kiki QT, I don't know what's going on with Brandon Cooks. I guess he had that concussion. But they've got they've got some guys to step in there. And uh, I think the Texans is probably the play for me. But this is a stay away for me as well. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty small spread right there, minus one. Uh, getting people in the chat. Wikipedia says, wait, Hyde is... Jekyll's Eagle. Uh, I'm confused because we have we have. Uh, anyway, I'm going to go back to football for a second. See you sort that one out. Uh, it looks like Texans minus one. I'll probably lean that way as well. I'm not going to put my money on either of these teams. They both suck. What I can say is all the money's coming in on the over, and that number has moved down. So kind of curious what's going on. It's windy in Chicago. I don't know the wind and weather reports as of right now, but I think the Texans are a better team. Home dogs, though, usually don't see that too often. I don't know. This game's going to be stupid. Did you figure out Jekyll and Hyde? Because, again, we have like... Yeah, we have, com- we have competing yeah. statements between right? Casey and Josh. And, you know, I'm trying to discern which one is more specific. It looks like Casey's is a little more specific, which to me gives a little bit more credence to the guy that's like a little bit more detailed with his wording. So uh, right now, Casey's at minus 120 of being right. And Casey says that Hyde is Dr. Henry Jekyll's evil alter ego. Now, the fact that he gave Jekyll a first mm-hmm. name, yeah. he's going to believe like he knows all about this Jekyll and Hyde mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So I think Casey probably has this. Of course, Josh says... Jekyll is the bad one, but he's specifically referring to Wikipedia. We know Wikipedia isn't bulletproof, so I think we're going to have to go with Casey on this one. Anybody, anybody who took Casey at minus 120, it looks like you're getting paid, but we're going to have to wait. You know, the game's not quite over yet. It's not quite over, but it looks like it's just about finished. So shout out Casey for that uh, that charming win right there. Appreciate that, guys. Who would have thought? Fairy tales coming right into the Windaily Sports betting line show. Again, windailysports.com backslash chat. Seven free days in the expert chat. Seriously, this is YouTube. You can only imagine. You can only imagine what's going on in our Discord chat right now. I I, I can only imagine as well. Actually, uh, actually, speaking of, because I did mention in the chat, I was just in there before this show, and um, a lot of people were interested in the show. They were also interested in sort of like the, the stacks that we're going to have for DFS purposes. Mm-hmm. So for, for those listening from the chat, like – well, I mean, the first two games we just talked about are, are not stackable games. You saw yeah. from their totals, their mid-40s, which in this day and age is, is a pretty low over-under. So this next game, but just so you know, for those that are listening later or watching now, we're actually going to have a few games that I personally love. And honestly, Michael, this next one, Vikings-Buccaneers, is definitely one that 
I think is, is kind of one of the three or four games I like the most from a stacking perspective. Yeah, honestly, the the Bears-Texans game should be more fun to stack, but I think the fact that Wolf Fuller is gone, Brandon Cooks, I mean, now he's got like 18 concussions, so you don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, obviously, on the Bears side of the way, I mean, you can run against the Texans, so maybe Montgomery, Allen Robinson catches a million balls a game. So well, it's this- such a weird over-under. It's so low. That's like the confusing part about it. And, and so, yeah, it, well, it's not confusing that it's a low over under in my opinion, but but there's a difference between, of course, like stacking a game and having shares of a game. Like this mm-hmm. is a fine game to have shares in. I mean, David Montgomery, if memory serves, 17 carries, 72 yards, two touchdowns. And I think he had four targets and four mm-hmm. catches too for a, a handful of yards. So there is plenty, and nobody, nobody here at Wind Daily, other than maybe Sticks Picks who called it b- before the year started, is a big David Montgomery fan. But I got to admit, he looked he looked pretty dynamic last week for the first time like ever in his mm-hmm. life. Yeah. So you know, going up against the Texans defense, I mean that that is a this is a spot where you probably want to have David Montgomery like the Wind Daily team did last mm-hmm. week as well. Thanks to Sticks Picks and DFS Ghost and, and the entire. Uh, NFL team but again that's not a stackable game in my opinion but if you want to if you want to run Deshaun Watson with you know a um you know one of their rookies like like Mm -hmm. Coulter or something or obviously um Kiki QT that's fine and maybe David Montgomery you could do that but I probably want to go to a different game and just grab one share of each if not just one share total David I like that and and Chad Hansen swear to god that's a real guy uh here you go what is stacking we appreciate the questions we want to make sure everyone's on the same side see ya talk to your friend Josh so Josh stacking is in, in you know, I, I, I do this piece on um, Sirius XM and we post it on our YouTube page too, where I pick three games against the spread every week and three games that I, I want to stack in, in that like three or four minute video that I do every week that again is on Sirius XM and our YouTube channel, please subscribe. I, I actually talk about what stacking is because there are some people that listen and, and like they're somewhat new to the game. So stacking is when you are getting multiple shares of each side of the, the teams that are like, so for example, the Vikings and the Buccaneers. If I'm stacking that game, I'm taking a quarterback from one of the sides. Like, let's say, obviously, actually, let's go with Kirk Cousins. I'm stacking Kirk Cousins with a um, Justin Jefferson, maybe a Dalvin Cook too, which is a weird way to stack, but I'm just saying Dalvin Cook does catch passes. So, But more typically, you'd have Kirk Cousins with a Justin Jefferson or an Adam Thiel. And then on the other side, you'd take one or two shares from that Tampa Bay game. Therefore, you are stacking players from that singular game because you think that game is going to be very high scoring and you're going to get a bunch of fantasy points just from that game. So obviously, you still have to stack it right and pick the right guys, which is why the Buccaneers stack is always kind of a tough one because there's four pass catchers and two running backs that are in play. But if you pick the right stack, then, you know, that's great in terms of the players you pick, but that's stacking essentially what it is. Um, Josh, you know, the, the, the shares analogy, I think Josh would be very equipped to handle in terms of like how to explain it. So you're just grabbing shares of a lot of players from a a, a singular game that you think is going to be very high scoring. Good job. See ya. Thank you. Good job. I was tipping my cap to you. Yes. And I was giving you a thumbs up. Um, All right. Let us move on. Let's talk about that Vikings Bucks game. Six and a half bucks are favored by at home 51 and a half total. So another thing, Josh, you want to pick the games with high totals because Vegas is smarter than us. Six and a half points. We have about two thirds of the money going to the Bucks, about a 50 50 split in terms of the bets. Six and a half seems a little too Big. I mean, the Vikings are such a weird team. They probably should have lost to the Panthers. They definitely should have lost last week to the Jags. I mean, it, had, the Jags had to take them to over. Like, that was kind of sad. Um, but somehow we sit here and the Vikings are in the wild card right now after starting like, what, 0-4, 1-4, whatever it was. Um, 
I don't know. I don't think they are as good as they are, but six and a half seems like too many points. I'm definitely not putting my money on this game, but how do you feel about it, Sia? Yeah, it's probably a stay away for me, but I like the Buccaneers. I mean, instinct tells me that the Vikings, they have the ability to really lose a game. And what I mean is lose control of a game. And they they almost lost control to, uh, you know, the Mike Glennon-led Jacksonville mm-hmm. Jaguars last week in a must-win. So the, the must-win narrative doesn't really hold a ton of weight for me here because if it was a must-win last week, they should have completely blown out. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. With that said, yeah, Buccaneers minus six and a half. It's a lot of points, but I think I got to take the favorite here. I just think coming off a bye, they're too good. I don't know what you're. I don't know what impression you're doing, so I don't know how to. <laughs> is my is my neck as long as Mike Glennon's right now? Uh-oh. I'm trying really hard. Yeah, no, you're gonna you know? need. Yeah, you're like, gonna need. Yeah, I need a lot more inches. Another, right. Like eight to twelve, which I'm Jeez. sure you've heard before. Uh, but the point oh. is, Michael. The point is. Dang. This is a big line, and I understand Dalvin Cook will probably be able to run the ball pretty well. By the way, I thought Dalvin Cook might – we didn't think he would get a lighter workload because we know Alexander Madison was out, but we thought he was kind of banged up. They gave him 32 carries, and they gave him nine targets. Like He was basically the entire offense other than the few passes that Justin Jefferson took the house and uh, Adam Thielen, of course. So, yeah, I think the Buccaneers coming off a a bye and and really being bad lately are in a really good spot to both run and pass all over this team. So – I, I kind of like this spot. I'll, I'll be on the Buccaneers on this one. I like that. I like that. I, it's it's just too many points. I don't want to. I don't want to put my money on. It. I'm I, I'm worried. Like I know the Vikings kind of suck too, so I wouldn't be surprised if they lose by 17. But um, here's just a quick one. We want our season long friends out there: Deshaun Watson or Matt Ryan, season long from Brandon. Uh, we talked about Deshaun Watson a little bit. He pretty much has to do literally everything. We haven't gotten to Matt Ryan, but who are the Falcons playing this week? I can't remember. They're playing the Chargers, Anthony Lynn. Uh, oh, geez. All right, see ya. Give the man his answer because it's the start of the playoffs. Everybody out there, congrats if you're in the playoffs. Yeah, I want the implied rushing yards. I know Deshaun Watson doesn't rush a ton, but we know Matt Ryan rushes 0% of the yeah. time. And I don't know if the Chargers are going to be playing inspired football, but they can get to the quarterback. And Matt Ryan does take a lot of sacks. I think Julio and Ridley are playing, but I, I don't know that to be the case. If Julio's out, I definitely like Deshaun Watson. But honestly, even if Julio's playing, my lean is Deshaun Watson, even though Watson is down one or two weapons, because he just makes things happen with regardless of who's on the field. And if Matt Ryan, like, let's put it this way. You're looking at floors in your fantasy playoffs. You, you, want, it, you want to go with upside, but the floor for Matt Ryan, unfortunately, is like, six points yeah like and four. i don't think that's the floor yeah four i don't think that's the floor for deshaun watson i think deshaun watson's floor is like 11 or 12 points mm-hmm. but his ceiling is about as high as matt ryan's because if matt ryan gets it going yeah he could throw for three maybe four touchdowns well, maybe three touchdowns and i don't expect much more than that from deshaun watson on a good day but uh, i'm looking at floors here i don't want my quarterback to sink me so mm-hmm. give me the guy who's got me there which is deshaun watson i i suspect you've played deshaun watson most of the season and it's paid off i like that yes Shout out to Sean Watson. Um, and I also just want to say, just want to brag a little bit for everybody out there. Uh, my wife, hmm, my wife and I, we are in a couples fantasy league. We are the only couple that are both in the playoffs. And not only that, we both have first round buys. So shout out to her. I'm first in the boys division. She's first in the girls division. So we're just going to watch everybody beat the shit out of each other and then eventually meet up in the play, uh, the, the championship game. So. That is both impressive and adorable, my Thank friend. Thank you. Yeah, I thought wow. so. Kind of cute. Kind of cute. Love all my friends, but they can suck it. Uh, let's move on. AFC South matchup. We have the Titans traveling to Jacksonville. Titans are favored by seven and a half on the road. We have about 80% of the money coming in on the Titans. 
And the line hasn't moved. Oh, over under is sitting at about 53 as well. Money and bets are pretty split there. The Jags just keep covering like with Mike Glennon, with Jake Luton, with Gardner Menchu, whatever. They just keep covering the spread. Seven and a half. I mean, the Titans, we know, aren't really that good. Like, I don't know. Seven and a half just seems like too many, right? So if you're Mike Glennon and you know you have the Titans, this is what I think sort of handicapping is all about is, I mean, at least in some context is. Is Mike Glennon intimidated? Yes. Is Long Neck Glennon intimidated? That's his pirate name. Uh, is he intimidated by the Titans? Like when the Titans come to town, is it sort of a sigh of relief for Mike Glennon, who I assume is getting another start? Or is it like, oh no, like we really got to scheme this and like, you know, figure stuff out? I think Mike Glennon is like, oh, I, with this game and, and, and a total of 53, like I can become like very, very relevant again. Like he, he's been really good actually for what yeah. we expected from Mike Lennon, but this is a game where he could potentially throw for three or four touchdowns and people be like, Oh, I want him to be my backup quarterback. Like what, what's his contract situation? Like, is it up this year? Because I think I want him on my roster holding the clipboard for three or four more years. So I, I like the Jaguars here quite a bit and I like the over as well. I think this is going to be, Neither defense is going to stop each other. Like, let's not forget that all the receivers are healthy, other than maybe LaVisca Chenault, all the receivers are healthy for Jacksonville. James Robinson appears to be healthy. Um, I think he might have sat out practice today, but he's going to play. Uh, Doug Marone said that said so much. So, yeah, I mean, I, I could see this being a four, three-point game. I expect the Titans to win because they, they will be able to move the ball very easily. But, again, you know what I always say. I don't think John Norrell is um, – is listening, but the backdoor cover is alive and well here, and we don't have Joe Burrow, so this week's mm. Joe Burrow is going to be, yeah, I said it, Mike Lennon. Wow! Long so, so give me the tags and give me the over. And by the way, um, this is a very stackable game, and we'll go through them. But this is probably my favorite stack, and I mean, I think the stacks are really sort of obvious in terms of what you want to do. But you know, Derrick Henry is, is an obvious one, but you could do the the Tannehill. And the, um, you know, AJ Brown, AJ Brown, or, you know, I think, you know, I have this in front of me and I think we sort of, let me ask you this. Hmm. Let me ask you this. If there was a stat line and and this isn't, this isn't a stat line that is a complete outlier. Like this is a stat line. We've been building to this stat line, but I, but I gave you this player. I didn't give you his name, but I, I said 12 targets, 11 catches, 182 yards and a touchdown. And I said, let's just assume I attach that stat line to McCall Hardman. The entire fantasy universe would be like, told you, that guy's a total badass. He's the best. He, uh, We told you he was going to kill it. He finally he sprung into action. Well, that's Corey Davis's stat line. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, Corey Davis was kind of like a hot guy sort of like last year in terms of like in fantasy circles. And then he just sort of flopped and now everybody hates him. And he continues to put up stat lines, not this good, of course, but like good stat lines outside of being injured a couple games. And people are completely ignoring him. So if you want to get different, you know, you you could stack, I mean, if you want to get really different, you could stack Mike Glennon with like DJ Shark or something. But but I mean, you could do Tannehill with Corey Davis. And maybe jump on the Ferkser train again and hope that comes through. But I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. And then, you know, Derrick Henry does catch a couple passes. Maybe you want to throw him in there. Probably not because you don't want to stack a, a you know, a, a rushing, mm-hmm. you know, running back with a quarterback. But then, you know, use James Robinson and a DJ Shark on the other side. Now, DJ Shark coming off a pretty poor effort. So not a lot of people will be on him this week because he burned them last week. So DJ Shark is a, is a perfect guy to throw into a stack. But whether you're stacking it or whether you're just grabbing shares, there's definitely a handful of guys on each of these teams that you can play. 
Yeah, I, I hate Corey Davis, uh, but he's made me eat my words pretty much this whole year. Outside of yeah, being on the COVID list for a couple weeks, uh, I had him, dropped him, because I think you know he had like a couple duds of a game, but he has been much better this year than he has in any other year so far. Uh, he's been mm-hmm. super, super disappointing, especially considering he was what like a top seven pick, top ten pick, whatever he was. Mm-hmm. I personally think you should never take a wide receiver in the top ten. That's just a that's just a me thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, hey, he's been doing great this year. Shout out to him. I think he's going to get paid next year. So work it, dude. Yeah, and you're totally right. If it, if I love love that analogy with McCall Hardman. If if it was McCall Hardman, yeah, you would see people just busting a nut all over uh, the internet. But no, it's just Corey Davis, and he's just kind of doing his thing. And yeah, shout out to him. Well- and I point out McCole Hardman because every time we're looking yeah. at like a specifically like a showdown slate or something and it's Kansas yep. City, everybody's like trying to jam in McCole Hardman. It's yep. like, you guys Why? realize that Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson play ahead of him, right? Like we all get that, right? Like if we're, if we're watching Kansas yep. City games, if Pringle is healthy, he he catches passes, you know, way in line ahead of him. And, and Demarcus Robinson, that's like kind of a no-brainer. Demarcus mm. Robinson's sort of on the Sammy Watkins tier of targets. So I don't know why we're all kind of waiting for this McCole Hardman game. And then when it happens, we're all going to be like, see, and then it's oh, not going to happen for another like six, eight, yep. 12 weeks. And, you know, here Corey Davis is catching 11 balls out of 12 targets and, you know, almost 200 yards and a touchdown. And we're like, ah, AJ Brown. It's like, okay, yeah, you can have AJ Brown, but by the way, Corey Davis is cheaper and he's been on a nice little run mm-hmm. here. So consider him as well. AJ Brown is an absolute monster too, though. So shout out, oh, yeah, shout out to Tennessee. Maybe they're figuring something out, but it sounds like we're both on the Jags there. So yeah, we'll, uh, I don't really care who the quarterback is. I think then they played earlier this year, the Titans won by two. Uh, Jags had a chance to win that game, would have went two and oh. Unfortunately, they have lost 12 straight since. So that is the way the cookie crumbles. Let <laughs> us move on. We have the Cowboys traveling to Cincinnati. The Cowboys are favored by three and a half on the road. About split on the bets, a little bit more money, about 65% coming in on the Bengals, plus three. That over-under sits at about 42.5, and all the money is coming in on the under. Actually started at 43.5, it's now down to 42, 42.5. Cowboys looked like crap the last couple weeks. Bengals, I mean, they were literally the worst team in the league and then lost the one thing that was making them slightly better than the worst team in the league in Joe Burrow. Um Cowboys minus three. How do you feel about it? I I'm this is a stay away, uh, but I'm leaning Cowboys on this one. Me too. I, I think uh, the Bengals are just such a mess. I mean, they, they actually held the Dolphins close last week, but I think that was more of a. And we'll talk about the Kansas City Miami mm-hmm. game coming up, but I think that was more just like they were being super careful with Tua for the first half in particular. Um, I don't know how the Bengals score. I mean, Brandon Allen, Ryan Finley, it's, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. I'm not sure it really matters there. And as good as that receiving core is, if you can't get them the ball, you can't get them the ball. And they have no running game. Joe Mixon's going to be out again. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I would like this line better if it was Tony Pollard starting, by the way. And I'm not just trying to, like, you know, get clicks here. Like, Zeke looks – it's not that he's washed. It looks like he looks so uninterested. And I'm not super surprised given their record. Tony Pollard's super dynamic. Both of those guys are going to be a nice one-two punch against Cincinnati. And then you have that receiver core that actually looked pretty decent. Dalton got decent protection against the Ravens, so he's certainly going to get good protection against the Bengals. So, I mean, I think this is one they can actually win. And I agree with you. Cowboys minus three and a half. I think they're going to win this game pretty easy. Um, you bring up Zeke, our good friends over at HMB. I was in, I represented Win Daily in the HMB Fantasy Football League, 16 team league. 
and only four teams made the playoffs. So it was pretty hard. Uh, I was right up against it. If I won last night, I would have been in. But instead, Zeke had three shots from the one to get in the end zone. Couldn't do it. And I end up losing by about two and a half points to the owner, Thomas, TPJ Price. Uh, oh, man. And uh, he sent me some funny gifts afterward. And hey, that's that's the fun about fantasy football. You talk a little bit of shit. But if Zeke just gets into the end zone, I win that game by a few points. And... I'm the one sending the funny gifts. So shout out to Thomas. He beat so me. I've got a, God damn. I've got a quick story before we get to your uh, G-Men game at home against the mm-hmm. um, Kyler Murray Cardinals. So my buddy, Josh, big fan of the show is Josh Goldman is his name. He lives out in Tennessee, big mm-hmm. Titans fan. Actually, he's a big Philadelphia Eagles fan, but oh, I'll, I'll, I'll say Titans because I don't like to bring the two words up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So he had this like ridiculous, I don't know what site he uses. He had this ridiculous $30 parlay. Uh, to win twelve hundred, and it was it was only like a three leg parlay, but one of the legs was a Michael Gallup anytime touchdown. So obviously you hit that, and, and mm-hmm. I think the other one was um, the Ravens to cover the spread or, or money line, and then the other, the last leg of the parlay was the under at forty five and a half. And yeah. all the Cowboys had to do was just not let the Ravens score on that last like nothing drive. Like the Ravens were happy to milk the clock, but instead the Cowboys just sort of like oh laid them in the end zone, and he missed that twelve hundred dollar payout because. The Cowboys just couldn't stop them yep. when all the Ravens were trying to do was just sit on the ball. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Damn, that's way worse than my story. So shout out, Josh. Stop being an Eagles fan, one. And yeah. that's what you get for betting on the Cowboys, too. So the joke is on you, my friend. The joke is on you. Casey, uh, send me a game-used autograph green Masters koozie. Casey, I can't do that. This is from the Masters. This is This is from Augusta. Uh, so no, I'm not going to do that. I like hey, but, it. It's a magnetic but, too. It's pretty awesome. But Casey, he might send send you a signed book, um, mm. which might end up being a New York yeah. Times bestseller if he just pays. It's probably know, some ungodly. Yeah, it's like some ungodly number. Yeah, it's kind of silly. Um, I don't know. Maybe crowdfund it. Bang! There we go. <laughs> Some of your money, people. Uh, Michael Raziel on them though. Um, all right, yeah. Let us move on. Cowboys suck. Bengals suck. That game's probably going to suck. Uh, Cardinals, Giants in MetLife Stadium or Giant Stadium, as we like to call it. Cardinals are favored by two and a half, about two, depending on where you look. Uh, looks like it even might have come down a little bit from two and a half to two, with about seventy percent of the money and about seventy percent of the bets coming in on the Cardinals. All the money is coming in on the under, and the under went from 45 to 45 and a half. So that's interesting as well. Daniel Jones looks like he will be playing. Kyler Murray still looks like he's kind of hurt. DeAndre Hopkins also kind of looks like he's hurt. Not sure what the hell's going on there. The Cardinals are a Hail Murray away from losing five games in a row. So I don't really think the Cardinals are that good. Uh, but this is the perfect spot. Everybody's been talking about the Giants. Everybody's been talking about the Giants. They go and they beat Seattle with a backup quarterback on the road. This is the perfect spot for them to lay an egg. I've seen this story play out too, too, too many times. See, how do you feel about it? Cardinals minus two on the road in this Giants stadium. This one is a stay away. But if I'm going to bet it, if I'm going to pick a side, I got to take the Giants because they're getting points. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how. L- listen, Kyler, look, that AC joint sprain looks to be a thing. The Giants defense has really stepped it up lately, like like we saw against Seattle. I'm not using the, the Seattle game as the basis for my argument here, though, because I don't want to get too much into the recency bias. But they they've looked good for like two months now. Yep. It's not just that Seattle game. They look good for a couple months on both sides of the ball. 
Now, for a few weeks now, all their receivers have been healthy, including their, you know, their tight end. And, uh, you know, Gallman has carried the ball quite yep. well. I mean, it's it's crazy to see Alfred Morris back in the league. I'm so happy for him. Scoring a- touchdowns, too, last week. That yeah. Was- and as a Washington fan, I, I absolutely love to see it because the heyday for Alfred Morris was him and RG3 back in, you know, like eight years ago, seven, eight years ago. So I, I love to see that. I, I want to see the Giants lose because I want Washington to actually make the playoffs. I know some Washington fans are like, just get the higher draft pick, but I'm so starved for the playoffs that I want them to. I don't care what their record is. I want them to make the playoffs. So I'm rooting for Arizona here, but I'm getting points with the Giants. I'm not so sure how Arizona covers the receivers on that team. Um, They don't really have, I mean, Buda Baker's good. Patrick Peterson's kind of, you know, he's getting to that age oh, where I don't yeah. think he can cover a lot of people. I, they don't have a pass rush. Uh, the only thing that can that can get screwed up here for the Giants is Daniel Jones being the old mm-hmm. Daniel Jones from yep. four or five weeks ago. If that happens, it's Arizona's game. But if he can just play Colt McCoy ball, if you will, then this game is the Giants to, to have, to lose, yeah. if you will. I, I mean, if Colt, if Colt McCoy, if Daniel Jones turns the ball over, they lose the game essentially. Uh, every game he hasn't turned the ball over, they've won. <laughs> it's just kind of like it is. It is that clear. Outside of the San Francisco game back in week like two or three, whatever the hell that was, the defense has looked pretty good. I mean, they held Tom Brady to what 25, 23, whatever that ended up being. They have held. I mean, they haven't really not murderers row uh, uh, in terms of schedule, but obviously the Seahawks who really haven't even looked that good the last couple weeks, especially offensively, they did hold them to 10 points at home, you know? So that, I think that is something, but yeah, they've, the defense has looked good. James Bradbury has been a fantastic signing. So kudos to Dave Gettleman there. Um, Leonard Williams is actually good. Apparently didn't know that was supposed to happen. He's got like five or six sacks on the year. So shout out for him. I will say Marcus golden traded, from the Giants to the Cardinals, if I'm not mistaken. So revenge game, maybe a little revenge game. Maybe that's where that turnover comes in. I don't know. It's definitely going to be something. But yeah, I I don't care about the draft pick at this point. I want to go to the playoffs because the playoffs are fun. You literally play for the playoffs. The Giants have been the worst team for the last five years in terms of records. And those five years includes the Browns 0-16 season. So that's how bad the Giants have been. Just I want to go to the playoffs. It's more fun. Put me in fun. It's more fun. For the record, just two weeks ago, if not a week ago, well, in Seattle's case, two to three weeks ago, we were talking about Seattle as like basically they're coming out of the NFC. And a week ago, a lot of people, I mean, Kansas City is still the top dog, but a lot of people were talking about Pittsburgh potentially coming out of the AFC. And both Washington and the Giants beat those teams. So the idea that they're going to get to the playoffs and just get murdered is actually kind of ridiculous because it's completely matchup dependent. It depends on who they play. There are certain teams that will murder Washington or the G-Men. And there's certain teams that are a really tough matchup because of how specifically uh, how they match up defensively against Mm -hmm. them. So uh, it's anybody's game once the playoffs start. I mean, once you get to like, you know, the second and third round of the playoffs, okay, we're having a different discussion. But let's be honest, as a Washington or Giants fan, if we get past the first round of the playoffs, we basically celebrated like we won the Super Bowl at that point. Let's go. Well, you haven't seen a Super Bowl in a minute, but um, Nicholas Vikings fan here needed cards lost to help the Vikings get in the playoffs. Dude, it's it's impressive. The Vikings are even close to to being in the playoffs. I think that's pretty, pretty impressive right there. Uh, Josh Washington loyalty. Of course, he's a loyal fan. Josh, what do you want from him? And Giants have won the Super Bowl four times in my lifetime. So sympathy for the last five years. Uh, No, not asking for sympathy. Not asking for sympathy. I'm just saying I would much rather be in the playoff hunt than be in, you know, the bottom five teams in the league for a 
you know, half a decade. It's really not that fun. And honestly, outside of those two playoff runs, the Giants have been terrible pretty much every other year. Uh, So it's kind of funny. I think they've won the division twice in that time. Uh, One of them we lose to the Eagles, which is probably the worst thing that's ever happened. And so it is what it is. We uh, in, in a vacuum, I guess you could say. We move on. Uh, Vikings fans. My uncle's a Vikings fan, so I don't know if that helps. That's it. That was that's your input. Your, your uncle is a Vikings fan. I know his Nicholas, name. It's Nicholas. Um, thanks for watching. And uh, just so you know, Michael's uncle, Vikings fan. Vikings fan. Vikings fan. Love it. Uh, all right. Broncos. Panthers. Broncos. Panthers at home. Panthers minus four. The line is now down to minus three. Most of the money is coming in on the Panthers, but we got news today. It was the assumption that Christian McCaffrey would be starting. He would be fine from, what was it, ankle or shoulder? I don't know what the hell's wrong with this guy anymore. And then all of a sudden, his shoulder? Okay, thank you. And then all of a sudden, yesterday, something happens to his thigh, and I guess it tightened up again today. So now there's a really good shot he doesn't play this week. Uh, So shout out to everybody who thought Christian McCaffrey was coming back right as the playoffs started. If you made it to save your season, I don't know if there's any reason for this dude to even play anymore this year. Obviously, Panthers minus three and a half. Broncos look like shit, but they still kind of didn't look like total shit against the Chiefs. It was really weird. How do you feel about this game? I don't want to be on too many favorites, It's but it's really hard for me to say I'm going to take Drew Locke here. And yeah. it's not because it's not because I think Drew Locke is some terrible quarterback. I mean, he's he's okay, but he's so turnover prone. I mean, I guess against this Panthers defense, that's not as big of an issue because they're not really going to turn you over, turn you over too much. But I mean, if you look at the, I mean, I don't know, DJ Moore is probably not going to play. Mm-hmm. And if if DJ Moore is out, and if Christian McCaffrey is out, I'm absolutely taking the Broncos plus four if I can get it, or or plus three and a half because the running game looked good last week. I mean, yeah. Melvin Gordon looked completely legitimate for the first time in a while, and Philip Lindsay, you know, he's he's coming back from injury. But Jeremy Chin says, "I wow." That guy, two touchdowns in what What was it, like 10 seconds? Yeah, like two plays, I think. Yeah, something like that. Insane. Insane. Back-to-back plays, I think. But anyway, um, Tipton, thanks for thanks for jumping in. Oh, I hey, think, um, Michael, I don't know if I discussed this with, with you already. Tipton's going to join us on the show uh, either this coming week or the, or the next week. So and wait. We'll figure out the schedule. 11, let's go win some money. Uh, I think we did pretty damn good that week outside of the Ravens. You guys were all over the Ravens. It didn't work out, guys. We totally were. Yeah, we got we got to stop taking the Ravens. I think. Uh, anyway, personally, I don't want to spend too much time on this game, but but I like the Broncos if those injuries are in play. Um, but otherwise, I, I'd probably be on the Panthers here. Yeah, I don't really want to touch this game, especially with new injuries like Christian McCaffrey popping up. If he was there, I mean, I think it would be a no brainer. But the fact that he's only worth half a point is also kind of weird. Um, so yeah, I just don't want to touch this game. As our good friend at ETIP eleven says, don't put good money on bad teams, and both of these teams are bad. So I always like to use that as kind of a qualifier. So appreciate you. Appreciate the heck out of you, ETIP11. Everybody go follow him on Twitter. Uh, Last one o'clock game. We have the Chiefs. We have the Dolphins. I clicked a button. So now my whole thing got screwed up. Give me one second. It looks like the Chiefs are favored by seven and a half on the road. A lot of points. A lot of points. It's actually moved down to seven. 70% 70% of the money is coming in on the Chiefs. More of the bets are coming in on the Chiefs. Everybody's putting money on the over. That's kind of obvious. Chiefs, man, they kind of look like they just don't care anymore. Like, I, they just look like they don't give a shit. Like, they, I think it was, ins- I think I saw a statistic where 
the last four drives of the Bucks game and the first five drives of the Broncos game that made it into the red zone, they didn't score a touchdown. It was something like nine drives in a row where they didn't score a touchdown in the red zone. And then finally, Travis Kelsey catches that one. Um, mostly because those Tyree kill plays were also like 85 yards to the house every time. But kind of weird. Not great when you get down there. Obviously, we don't think they have to run the ball, but we know you kind of have to run the ball no matter what, even if Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. Now, I tagged you in something today. Our boy, Josh Applebaum, at Josh underscore insights. Josh, come on the show. Everybody go buy his book. Don't buy my book. Buy his book. Tell him we sent you so he can come on this show. Every uh, sports better guide, everything sports better. I can't remember. I had it the first time, whatever. He was saying... Take that seven and a half if you can get it, because it looks like the bookmakers are trying to tell us something. How do you feel about it, though, Sia? I agree. I agree with the sentiment that the bookmakers are trying to tell us something, but I still don't believe Tua is the right guy to quarterback this team. I think that's where my hangup is. I think the Dolphins' defense is great. Listen, they they went into halftime against this terrible Cincinnati team. They were up seven to three. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it like... Like this is one of those where I'm almost tempted to just say, hey, I'm, I'm going to stay away from the line, but I'm going to take the Chiefs first half because I don't think they take the training wheels off of Tua until they think they have to. I think it's going to be like Gaskin and some, you know, some short stuff to get Secchi or Devante or whoever it is. And, you know, while the Chiefs are just kind of piling up points, I, I the Chiefs are to me so much better than the Dolphins. I guess it's a, at seven and a half. It's definitely a stay away mm-hmm. at seven. I would consider the Chiefs. But honestly, I don't usually pimp. I don't think I've ever pimped a first half bet. I think the Chiefs will probably be minus four here. I think that's what I like the most. Because again, I think that training wheels thing is a real thing. And I don't think they think to throw the ball downfield until they think they have to. So give me give me the Chiefs. See ya. You know exactly what you want to do right here. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. you, just just tell us. Just just say it, man. We all know what you want to do. Just tell it. Well, just, see, just so say the, it. Come on. Just the say problem it. with teasing this specific game, <laughs> the pro or a money line parlay, if you will. The, the only problem with that is that there are other suitors. Now, the 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 time difference between East Coast and Kansas City time, I believe, is just one hour. So we're yeah, not talking about yeah. So because I remember like when you know. I loved the Raiders when they were traveling to Atlanta. It was a one o'clock game, and you know that was a little bit more mm-hmm. travel and time involved. But that's so that's not really a big factor here. But yeah, I, I guess you could money line parlay this with, for example, I wouldn't do it with the Jags game. But as I'm scrolling, oh man, that's that's tough. Maybe maybe the Rams. Oh, not mm-hmm. the Rams. Excuse me, no. not the Rams. That's the Thursday game. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, the Packers would be the other one to to do that with. If you do, if you want to do a tease with the. The Chiefs and the Packers, that's probably a safer route. I don't see Detroit beating, even with DeAndre Swift, we'll get to that game. I don't see mm-hmm. them beating uh, the Green Bay Packers. So, no. but yeah, it's good. It's a teasable game. Very, very teasable. Thank you. I just I just want you to be happy, man. Just be honest with yourself. It's fine. Um, we'll be getting to the comments in just a second. Don't worry. I'm reading that same one you are. I do think, I, I think the Chiefs might hear about it now, right? The last couple of weeks, what we can say, so they played the Raiders, divisional team they played the bucks who we all can agree maybe not the best team in the nfc but definitely one of the top three four teams in the nfc solid mm-hmm. solid team solid top defense five. top five all right solid mm-hmm. defense solid offense all around good team they were beating the shit out of them until they kind of just didn't care anymore and then the bucks come back score a bunch enough points to cover the three and a half point spread but sit here and tell me that was a three-point game i watched the entire thing no the chiefs had that it was easy they won it it wasn't a big deal no 
No, I totally agree. Oh, it was okay. not a three-point game. It was a complete blowout. It was. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the problem the problem with the Bucks that game is their system quarterback. You just it he he's not in the right system. He, he doesn't. He's not going to throw in the ball downfield. Uh, and uh, apparently yeah. their coach doesn't know that, which is weird. No, because Bruce Arians is very unaware. Bruce Arians is very unaware. So I would say with this game, the Dolphins, while very good, I don't know, man. I feel like the Chiefs could finally just kind of slap themselves awake and be like, oh, this is like a, you know, okay, this isn't a divisional game. So they don't really know us in and out. They don't play us twice a year. This isn't, you know, the Bucks and Tom Brady. Now, one thing our boy, Josh Applebaum, at Josh underscore insights did say, Brian Flores was the gentleman who played against Patrick Mahal or played against. He was on that defensive staff, most likely considered the defensive coordinator, whatever, nobody cares, against the Chiefs in that AFC championship game where it looked kind of boring in the first half because I think there was like one touchdown, right? And then all the scoring happened in the second half. So I, I don't even think that that is that great of an argument. The, the Chiefs scored like 35 points in the second half. So great job, Brian Flores. You, you did a really good job for one half and then a terrible job for another. So I don't know. I'm not going to put my money on it, but I probably lean Chiefs here. I know seven and a half is a lot of points. Uh, I think Tua kind of sucks right now. Um, and then we'll see what happens from there. Should be fun, though. Should definitely just be a fun game. I agree with your Tua sentiment. I think Tua is going to be a good quarterback as long as he stays Eventually. healthy. He's not, he's not there yet. He's not ready. And, and I honestly think pretty much every skill player for the Dolphins on the offensive side would prefer Ryan Fitzpatrick in there. I mean, it's like that's kind of an obvious point, I guess. But again, this goes back to that whole thing with what, what I said about Mike Lennon. You know, Kansas City comes to town or Kansas City comes to town and they're like, oh, it's Tua. Like, we're not going to have to worry about, like, the double move as yeah. much as we would with Ryan Fitzpatrick, for example. Mm. So I just think it's so much easier to scheme. And then, you know, as good as the pass rush is for the Dolphins, and I know Tipton um, on that Twitter on that Twitter comment with uh, w- that we had with uh, Josh Applebaum, you know, he was talking about the offensive line for Kansas City has been kind of shaky, but, but basically Patrick Mahomes has sort of covered mm. that nicely without people really noticing. But I, they have too many weapons. Even if they don't have the running game established, which which my, is has been shaky, I think they have too many weapons. Even with their cornerbacks, Xavier Howard, I think leads the league in interceptions. They have Byron Jones on the other side. You still have to cover Travis Kelsey, man. Kyle Van Noy's good. He's not Travis, but Kelsey. Well, not only do you have to have co- cover Travis Kelsey, but you have to listen. Hall of Famer McCole Hardman is on that side of the ball. Shut up, see How can you cover all of those guys? McCole Hardman, McCole Hardman, and there's somebody at McCole Hardman. You got to cover Hardman, all yeah. of the McCole Hardmans. And we know it's a house call every time with him. House call. Uh, I do I do want to say, Brian, what's up, Brian? Seeing this versus listening to this is crazy. He thought my voice was Sia, which means I he thinks I sound like the most handsome man on planet Earth. Brian, I really appreciate that, man. Thank you. And, so and Brian, I appreciate that as well because I think Michael has this sort of like silky radio mm-hmm. podcast voice. So yeah. I think uh, we're both in in uh yeah. I think it's compliments all around. Compliments all around. Thank you, sir. Kudos. By the way, by the way, the Josh Applebaum book is Josh. If you're listening, please come on the show, of course. But um, let's let's talk about his book one more time. The title is "The Everything Guide to Sports Betting." And Michael, you finished the sentence for me, but I'm pretty sure you said about this book what? It taught me everything that you didn't already teach me about betting. Ah, betting. Okay. I thought you were going to say like life, which would have been like such an awesome compliment off Brian's compliment, but would have been cool, but sorry. Uh, Oh, okay. Here we go. All right. All right. Casey, Mike's voice is velvet. Oh, goodness. Uh, Brian, 
the smoothest voice in the game. That's why he thought I was you. It makes sense. It makes sense, that guys. Makes sense. Please keep the compliments coming. I promise you, I will not turn them down. All right. He's he, trying to get that autographed book. You see what's going on here? Smart guy, man. Very, very, very creative. Can't blame him. Casey, just send me your address. I'll send you a book. I don't care. I think I'm getting like 150 for some reason. I don't really know how this author thing works, but hey, <laughs> I'm published now, guys. Not sure if you heard. Um, all right. So before we move on to the four o'clock games and the primetime games, everybody sponsored by Manscaped. What is up? Make sure you go to WinDaily. No, no, no. You go to Manscaped.com. Use promo code WinDaily. You get 20% off and free shipping uh, if you guys listened to the show last week we've been hyping up manscaped for a little while now appreciate them they sent me the manscaped lawnmower 3.0 they sent sia the landscape manscaped lawnmower 3.0 now i already told my story sia now again you're a doctor you're a lawyer you have kids and a wife do you want to just give us like just like the fringe details of the first time you use the product I feel like that was a weird word to use. I gotta be <laughs> honest. I gotta be honest with you and Manscaped though. I, I'm genuinely excited to see everything that's in that kit because it's more than just mm -hmm. what we sort of advertised before. It's like so much good stuff in there, but I haven't actually opened it yet just because I've been out of the mm. condo for quite some time. So that's uh, that's where that is. But maybe uh, next Wednesday we can talk a little bit. Tune maybe in, next, tune in next Wednesday, guys. And maybe we can, if Tipton comes on next Wednesday, maybe we can get him to to get oh. one. He can tell us about his experience. Tipton, promo code WINDAILY, 20% off. Well, I guess I'll tell you guys about my experience. It has been absolutely fantastic. I was terrified of shaving my balls. It hurts. It nicks. I'm afraid of the color red. It's my favorite color, but like that blood red is not a really comfortable looking color for me. So I was always terrified of it. Somehow got married. It's all worked out this far. But thankfully, Manscaped came along and created this incredible product, the Lawnmower 3.0. And when I tell you I tried to cut myself and it didn't work, that... You should have saw the smile on my face. You wouldn't have wanted to be in the bathroom naked with me, <laughs> but you should, saw, you should have saw that. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe people like my voice. I don't know. Um, you should have saw the smile on my face. It was absolutely fantastic. I, my friends were asking me about it. Nick and Justin, my cousin, Justin, both of them also contributed to the book winning in sports business. I'll just throw all the promos in there today. Um, they asked me, they said, does it actually not cut you? I said, I swear to God, it does not cut you. Um, I've used regular, like, razors before always cut yourself i've used like hedge clippers before always cut yourself regular like razors you know if you're gonna go get a haircut cut yourself manscaped lawnmower 3.0 you do not cut yourself and you know why it's because they're not messing around uh, it's 18 months they perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever and released it as i said the lawnmower 3.0 third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic braid to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology pioneered of course by a manscaped battery lasts up to 90 minutes you can use it in the shower they have this sweet ass led light so you can you can see everything um and make sure that you cut everything so it looks it looks nice you look good you look happy uh and let's not forget there is a charging stand a usb charging stand pop that bad boy into your laptop if you need to and you'll do everything you need to if you're listening to me speak right now i want you to experience it firsthand for yourself trim that junk gentlemen get 20 percent off and free shipping using promo code windaily at manscaped 20 percent off free shipping promo code windaily at manscaped one more time for the people in the back 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com using promo code windaily your balls will thank you 
And real quick, because we clarified this last week, because it looks like Brian might go out and get the Manscaped product. If you're looking at the chat, which Brian, I genuinely encourage you to get this because I've heard really good things. Vsin has been promoting Manscaped for quite some time, and this this is like the product right now for for mm-hmm. men as well. I'm concerned, but you Holiday. put in the win, you put in the Win Daily uh, promo code at the end during checkout. There might right. be an existing promo code already in there. You just delete it and you put in Win Daily, and you get the twenty percent off, and of course you get free shipping as well. So Dang. promo code Win Daily at the end during checkout. Yes, 20% off, free shipping, I promise you. We'll thank you. Your balls will thank you. You'll thank yourself. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, So I really appreciate Manscaped and for everything they are doing for us. Shout out, Manscaped. All right, let us move on to the 4 o'clock games. We have the Colts traveling to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Colts are favored by 2.5 on the road. 90% of the money on the Colts. The line hasn't budged at all over under sits at about 51 and a half right now. Raiders, man, they almost beat the chiefs look incredible doing it, but they lose. Then Sia is like, no, nah, you got to take against the Falcons. Then they lose. They should have lost against the jets. Instead, Greg Williams gets fired. Understandably two and a half points to the Colts. Uh, I don't know, man. This seems like a trap. This seems like an absolute trap to me. How do you feel about it? Oh, it's 100% a trap. There's mm-hmm. no way I can take the Colts here. I mean, objectively, the Colts are definitely – the matchup seems to favor the Colts both ways. I mean, the Col- the Raiders can't stop anybody on defense right now, and they've had some injuries too. But even when they're healthy, I don't really see them – I mean, the passing attack from Phillip Rivers isn't really dynamic by any means, but he's got a couple weapons. Mm-hmm. And the Raiders haven't really gotten much of a pass rush from what I recall. And they can, Colts can run the ball down your throat with Naheem Hines and uh, Jonathan Taylor. So – with all of that said, I still think the Raiders are an above-average team. They just haven't showed it the last couple of weeks. They're they're at home. They're getting points. I mean, no, I got to take the Raiders here. Yeah, I tried to figure out a narrative on why I wanted to take the Raiders, and I couldn't figure one out um, other than I I just don't know. Like, they're at home. Okay, well, the last couple of times they're at home, they actually lost against the spread. So, like, that doesn't help. All right, well, the the Chiefs, whatever. Divisional game, should have lost against the Chiefs. That's fine. Zero reason you should lose against the Falcons. Zero reason you should lose by 37 points to the Falcons. So, kind of confusing, other than all those red flags that you brought up and then told us to take the Raiders. Outside of all those red flags, you know, I think we were fine. But it's really the fact, I mean, I think the Jets are, I mean, still really terrible. They obviously should have won that game. We all kind of saw that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's why I have to take the Raiders, right? Like, it's one of those, like, it's too easy to take the Colts. And again, if 90% of the money is coming in on the Colts at two and a half and they're not budging that line, that screams, hey, <laughs> pay attention, take the Raiders. So I don't know, man. Well, the line has moved to three in most places. So, oh, has it? Yeah, the I line has, has quote, okay. budged. But it's still, to your point, when you look at a line and you're like, oh, this one's easy. Like it, it's just, that's never the case. And and I just, the problem is with the Raiders, Josh Jacobs might be out again. I mean, I sort of expect him to be out again. So you don't really have much in the running game. I mean, Booker got plenty of touches last week. He just didn't really do anything with them. Jalen Richard is really nothing uh, impressive. So, you know, they can pass the ball down the field. If the Colts have a weakness, it's on the back end defensively. So, you know, whether it's Nelson Aguilar or Ruggs or Darren Waller, who, I mean, how wow. many balls did he catch last week? Yeah, animal. 13, 13 catches on 17 targets for 200 yards or something. Um, I have to take the Raiders because it do, the line doesn't make a lot of sense. This line should probably be three and a half, and it, it might 
I don't know. It won't get to three and a half, but it should be three and a half or four and a half or four, even though this is a road team, the Colts, but uh, it doesn't really make a ton of sense. So I got to be on the Raiders here. Yes, I did look a little bit harder. It does look like it is three points in most places, as you said. Crazy though, man. Like, I, I don't know. It, the line should have opened different and considering it hasn't, and then all the money comes on the Colts. And as you said, it barely budges. It gets to a key number. So that's something to pay attention to, but just too, too weird. Got to take the Raiders. Probably going to take the Raiders outright. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. It's crazy. Um, Brian, couple, uh, the voice is making me think about going Manscaped. Yes, I promise you. Sorry, I missed that before. Uh, look, nope, I'm going to skip that one. Uh, I love this site group. So I'll put that up. Appreciate you, man. Uh, helped you win a lot of money in DFS on purchasing. Whoa, let's go. Yes. Let's go, Brian. Appreciate the hell out of you. Anybody out there, sincerely, sincerely, you don't know how much it means. We are a media company. We are trying to find more sponsors. We are trying to find more advertisers. We don't want to overindulge you. We want to find ones that we think that you guys will actually like and enjoy and actually want to use. So yes, we appreciate you, Brian, anybody else out there that has or is considering it. It's the holidays. It's the holidays. Like, come on. Like, what? I don't know. It's the holidays. Um, all right. Uh, another four o'clock game. The Jets traveling to Seattle. Another New York team traveling to Seattle. Good for the Seahawks. Seahawks open as 15 point favorites that has now come down to 13 points. Um, money and bets are pretty split. Nothing too crazy on either side. Weird number to open at 15. Uh, so that's kind of confusing, but now at 13. So under that two touchdown margin, still probably rolling with the jets uh, considering how bad they are, but still kind of weird. How do you feel about it? Yeah. I mean, at 15, I really like the jets, but now that we're under that, that 14, it makes me and Seahawks just coming off some, I mean, they can pour it on you pretty quick. And and that back end, I mean, we saw what happened with, to the Jets secondary. Yeah, it was a zero blitz, but it was a rookie covering rugs. I mean, you know, zero blitz or not, like you shouldn't have like the that back end is going to be covering like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett who are or David Moore, even like who are just like waiting to break out and, and put their stamp back on the league. This one's really tough. It's definitely a stay away for me. But to your point, if I had to take it, I think I'd have to take the Jets just on principle. I mean, I yeah. just... You know, Darnold actually looked pretty decent. And by the way, Jamison Crowder, Brashad Perryman, and Denzel Mims. And Denzel Mims wasn't at practice today for personal reasons. We'll have to monitor that. But we don't have to because he's not that high impact. But those three receivers and Ty Johnson looked decent. Mm -hmm. And against Seattle, he probably will be decent. Um, of course, Frank Gore, I think, is trending towards playing. Because what, what does a concussion matter uh, to Frank Gore, right? Like, yeah, seriously. Jesus, I don't even want to think about um, the head trauma that he's endured. But with all that said, like, you know, we're – we got to be careful not to be like, oh, well, Seattle's offense, man, they're, they're just they're going to overwhelm the Jets. Well, well, that's true. But Seattle still has to stop the Jets. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have to stop them more than a few times. So at 13 and a half, I still like the Jets. I think it's more of a of like a, a 10 point game. But man, if, if I got this at 14 or 14 and a half, I'd feel a lot more comfortable. Yeah, I don't want to put my money on this game at all, but I, I agree with you. I'd probably have to lean to the Jets because, I mean, two touchdowns essentially is a lot of points. The Seahawks put up 28 points. The Jets put up 17. That's pretty easy win, but they still cover. So it's just one of those things. I would not be surprised. Again, those uh, two famous words. I don't know if we had the over-under for this show, but backdoor cover uh, would not be surprised. I've, we've seen it happen to the Seahawks a couple times already this year. Obviously, the Eagles one being the most painful and hilarious, honestly. Uh, I think we were on the Eagles, though, so it works out. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, pretty painful. I don't know, man. 13 points. It's just way too many. Yeah, 15 would have been sweet. 
because that's just a ridiculous number. But 13 points is still a lot of fun. Still roll with the underdog there. Um, few more four o'clock games. Wow, we have a why do we have so many four o'clock games this week? That's pretty. Yeah, weird. it's a weird week. Yeah, yep. I'll take it though. Uh, Packers and Lions. Packers favored by seven and a half on the road. Went from seven to seven and a half. Money and bets are essentially split. Over under started at 54. It's now up to 55.5 with all the money, all the money coming in on the over. Uh, talk to me. Packers, seven and a half to the Lions. Yeah, I got to go. I got to go Packers here. I remember when these guys played each other earlier in the year, I think the line was very similar. I, I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't look into it, but I think it might have been right around seven and a half, yeah. maybe eight. And I liked the Lions back then. Of course, that was a Lions team that was really healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. Don Drew wasn't really playing yet. It was Adrian Peterson, but Kenny Galladay was healthy and um, Stafford was healthier then than he is now. So I got burned on that game because I took the Lions and it was close for a while. And then when Aaron Rodgers decided to really like kind of cut it loose mm-hmm. with the passing game, the Lions just couldn't stop them. So I, I'm actually really surprised this line is seven and a half. I think it should be higher. I don't know how Detroit's going to stop this team. I think you can run on Green Bay. So if DeAndre Swift is back, which I expect him to mm-hmm. be back, they'll be able to move the ball. They'll be able to put up some points, but not enough to come within the number. I, I got to take Green Bay here. This is probably the game that I would be teasing or money line parlaying with that Kansas City game. But again, I'm a, I'm a touch weary of that Kansas City game, but I don't see them. Lo- By the way, the one thing I forgot to mention with Kansas City is that Pittsburgh lost to, again, my Washington football team, mm-hmm. which I did. I, I am so like, I hate saying the Washington football team because it's just does not roll off the tongue like my, the hail to the thing. Yeah. Um, so anyway, with that said, so, so Kansas city is back into, you know, competing for that one spot. So I believe Pittsburgh has the tiebreaker right now. They're, they're tied, but Pittsburgh has the tiebreaker, but Kansas city is very motivated to win out here because I think we have an expectation that Pittsburgh's probably going to lose another game. I mean, they should have lost a handful of games or at least a couple games prior to this Washington game. They just lost to Washington. They're probably going to lose again. So I think Kansas city is incentivized. To, to win there but with that so so that kind of plays into my money line parlay tease thing so i like that kansas city packers uh money line parlay or tease and speaking of incentive i mean the packers have incentive to like really throttle these guys and get out of town and i, mm-hmm. I think they're gonna win by more than 10 points in this one i think if the packers win they clinch a playoff spot if i'm not mistaken and i think they win the div- they clinch the division if they win and the vikings lose already which is kind of kind of funny if that happens but i'm pretty confident they just clinch a playoff spot please somebody in the chat correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure i saw that today adam schefter tweeted out some bullshit and i think that was somewhere on there so i think that's something that's very important to understand and and really pay attention to because uh yeah uh, you want to just make once you're securely in the playoffs you can kind of take that deep breath not there yet you gotta you know i mean they'll most likely be in very difficult to see them not but yeah if they win or the um Vikings lose, I think they're into the playoffs. So I agree with you. I think the Packers step on their throat. They put them down. There's no anything to worry about. I think Devontae Adams does his thing. Hopefully uh, MVS can catch a ball, right? If he just caught that (laughs) one ball, we would have had the over on his yards, which would have been sweet. But, you know, I guess uh, I digress there. This is another good game to stack, by the way. I mean, the the, the total is 55. You you could have, you obviously want to have the Aaron Rodgers side of the stack. Aaron Rodgers with obviously Devontae. Maybe you want to throw in Lazard in there. Maybe he has a breakout game. But but if you, even if you just have Aaron and Devontae Adams on the other side, you know, DeAndre Swift is is obviously like kind of an obvious one. Um, Even in a negative game script, I expect him to be on the field. But then you have, if Galladay doesn't play, Marvin Jones at at 5,800 or even Danny Amendola at 4,000 at 4K. 
those are kind of decent options. I mean, Marvin Jones has actually been really good lately. I mean, last game, I think he had eight catches, over 100 yards, and a touchdown. So in a negative game script, they're chasing the whole time. I mean, Marvin Jones is going to get some targets. Obviously, Hawkinson is in play too. So with this total and, and this dynamic of an offense on the Packers side, this is a really easy one to, to stack. It'll be really popular. I, I personally like the Jacksonville stack a little bit better, but this is easily one of my favorite ones. Like the Jacksonville stack better. Truer words never spoken. Um, get back to the chat for a second. Brian, taking the Lions. Matt Patricia was the problem. Won't win, but will cover. Uh, honestly, I can't argue with that. Matt Patricia was a terrible head coach. Um, Casey, obviously week 17 versus uh, at Cleveland's a big loss for Pittsburgh. I would love to see it. I would not be angry about that at all. Casey, if you want, I think the Giants-Cleveland game just got flexed to Sunday night, and I think it's out here in new jersey so casey you're looking you have some vacation time you want to come hang out we can't go to the game but we could drink beer on my couch casey lives in Cleveland, but casey go ahead and map quest that real what are you in hoboken or something no not not even i'm a little closer than that it's about i've i've made the drive to cleveland probably like six or seven times now solid it's like solid six and a half hours seven why why would anyone drive that many times to cleveland no offense casey my friend lives in cleveland i every time casey's here I tell you about how my friend that lives in Cleveland and I go drink in the Muni lot and we, we do this every single time. See it, Jesus. All right. All right. Anytime somebody talks about Cleveland, I just check out. That's my bad. Oh, Casey lives in Casey lives in Brooklyn. So, oh, that's right. He's from Cleveland. Oh, you guys are basically neighbors. Are you guys best friends? Yeah. I think think you just became best friends. Drive across the river or the ocean, whatever that thing is. Come drink beer in my apartment. Uh, Brian. So we have to, Brian, I guess, hasn't listened to this show before. So what I will say is before I say this next thing, Brian, just please go buy the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0, promo code WINDAILY, and then tell me that. Uh, Brian says, listening to a Giants and Washington <laughs> football team fan. I love that, Washington <laughs> FT. Um, Ghost is a Cowboys fan. Yes, Cowgirls. And sit night, sit, needs some midnight green. So, Brian, just let me know when you do um, – let me know when you buy that Manscaped 3.0, uh, Lawnmower 3.0, because I got some stuff to say about that there. Packers, Bills, and Steelers can all lock. Thank you very much. Um, and I think we're good. But for, for the vacation in Cleveland, it's a fun place, honestly. Cleveland's a blast. I don't know. That's, you guys, no, that's, a, that's, a, that's an outright lie. Just it's an absolute blast. So, by the way, the Matt Patricia comment, it's an astute comment, but I, I don't know how much it matters in this case. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying the Packers are like this amazing team. I just I just don't know how the Lions are going to stop the run, Aaron Jones. By the way, that would be a sneaky – if you're not stacking that game, Aaron Jones is a sneaky guy to grab. Just grab him and because mm-hmm. you know people are going to be stacking Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. So that would be a guy to be probably be contrarian with. But, um, yeah, I just don't think they have the pieces to stop the Packers over four quarters. I mean, that's to me, that's just sort of the bottom line there. Yeah. Matt Patricia was a really bad head coach. Really bad. And he showed his true colors. Um, Shown? Showed? Shoe? Shoe his true colors. Thank you, Sia. Appreciate that. Uh, Let us move on. Here's the fish game. They're trying to get you, Sia. Falcons, Chargers, starts at a pick now moves to two and a half to the Falcons on the road in Los Angeles. Money and bets are essentially split. All the money's coming in on the over at 48 and a half. Sia, why is this game a pick'em? Well, it's not anymore, isn't it? It's why, it's why did it open as a pick'em? What, like, what in God's name says that these two teams are even? You know, if we had Josh Applebaum on the show, damn it, Josh, come on the show. Yeah. 
No, but 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 hold on, because because maybe we'll get him later, or maybe maybe we'll just tag him in this clip because I actually want an explanation to this. You know, a bad coach historically, I don't think has been that detrimental to the point spread. Okay, I don't think a, I don't think like a, I'm trying to think of historically of bad coaches, but a, a poor coach has not. You, you're not going to get three points because of a bad coach. I just I just don't think that's factored in, and maybe oh. maybe I'm wrong. So I just want to clarify, like. Vegas won't take into that. They, they won't take that into account. You mean, right? Okay. Uh, what, yeah. What I'm saying is, they'll, okay. well, they'll take it into account to some degree. But, but when you see a sample size like this, let's just start from this season. Even though we know Anthony Lynn was a travesty last season, but if we just start from week one of this season, the digression that we've seen with Anthony Lynn just over and over again, just a repeated, just mistake-ridden game over and over again. Are we getting to a point where? This has been bet up to two and a half because of the Anthony Lynn factor. I mean, because, I mean, obviously, if you're looking at the talent, I mean, I don't even think it's that close of a call. It's not like Chargers are amazing talent, but I'm just saying, like, is this is this Anthony Lynn just getting bet out of the room here because of the because of the just the terrible coaching? I, I don't I don't know. I don't know why it opened at Pickham. But honestly, honestly, the Chargers should have been favored, right? They should have been favored by two in this game, right? I, to me, they it opened at Pickham because of Anthony Lynn. Mm -hmm. And now people are jumping on the Falcons because of Anthony Lynn. So mm -hmm. it, it feels like to me, if this game should have opened at, let's say, two and a half, it feels like Anthony Lynn has a five-point value to the Falcons in this game. That That's literally what I'm deducing because looking at this game objectively, I, I would have thought, even with the loss last week um, to, the, to the Patriots, I would have thought this would have been Chargers minus two and a half. It opens at Pickham, which is weird. And now it's been bet down, bet up to two and a half, which is also weird. So Anthony Lynn is worth five points against the spread. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Anthony Lynn is terrible. We we shared the clip after the show last week because it was hysterical. And then we had to reshare it uh, because it, it's hysterical of how bad a coach Anthony Lynn is. Sure, he's a great guy. Sure, as I said a couple weeks ago, and we'll continue to keep saying, I would love to drink a beer with him. I'm sure he's a really nice human being. And I'm sure he knows a lot about football, right? You don't get to that spot by not knowing about football. But goddamn, he is a terrible, terrible coach, especially in the moment. Uh, we have people chiming in. Casey, especially 10 men on the field, one punt. 12 men on the field, another punt. Gave up a punt return for a touchdown. Yeah, it's bad, man. It's bad. How is he not fired immediately? Well, I'll tell you, the Spanoses are routinely like one of the cheapest owners in the league, and they don't want to have to pay a coach to pay another coach. That's essentially all it is. Uh, so we'll we'll see what happens there. But my God, that was awful. Um, Patriots were favored by what? One, one and a half in that game and win 45 to nothing. So that is just routine. Uh, that's just sad. Um, I don't know. I agree with you. The Chargers should be favored in this game. Uh, I like your analysis of Anthony Lynn's worth five points to the Falcons, which means I'm not going to touch this game. I think I'm, I'm already, I've gotten to the point where instead of even just trying to bet against Anthony Lynn, I'm just going to say, you know what? We lost that many points of value already. As you always like to talk about at this point, we should be getting Falcons plus two and a half. We're now getting Falcons minus two and a half. I don't want to touch that, but Jesus, man, he is such a bad head coach. So shout out Anthony yeah. Lynn. Come on the pod. The, the reason it's a stay away and it should be for everybody is because this isn't the Falcons versus the Chargers. This is the Falcons versus the Chargers versus Anthony Lynn. Like, <laughs> and so I, I don't like at this point in the season, I don't know if 
Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert and Mike Williams and Austin Eckler and Bosa, I don't know if they can overcome the Anthony Lynn effect. I don't know if they're motivated to like sort of why would they be because they're not in playoff contention and their coach is clearly not putting them in a position to win football games. So at a certain point, like the levy breaks, right? And your, mm -hmm. your players are just like, let me just go through the motions, maybe get a couple catches, but I'm not really like focused on this game like I would have been in week six. So I, I don't I, I don't know how you could possibly bet on the Chargers and feel comfortable at this point in the season, knowing what you know about Anthony Lynn. If it keeps on raining, the levy is going to break. Uh, a wise man once said, yeah, man, I, I can't touch this game. It is it is awful. Uh, kind of hoping that the Chargers give up on the season for some of my season long teams, people I'm going to be going against. Uh, Jim Zorn, I see. Are you giggling at the Jim yes. Zorn comment? Yes. Uh, so. Because so I, I, just just to be clear, like I'm pretty sure that's referencing one of the worst special teams plays of all time, which Jim Zorn pulled off on Monday Night Football in front of a national audience. And it was epically bad. Everybody, like, please go on YouTube because it was bad for multiple reasons. And it's just hilarious. So given all those special teams uh, gaffes from the Chargers. Oh, by the way, Anthony Lynn started his career in the NFL as a special teams coach. So that's hmm. hilarious. But with all of that said, uh, yeah, I don't think <laughs> I think that Jim Zorn comment is facetious, but it's freaking hilarious. I do like that. Uh, I the only really really awful one I remember is the Patriots Colts where they lined up in that like joke formation and then accidentally hiked the ball, and they just lost it on fourth down. That one's pretty funny too. But I digress. Uh, so that's funny. Don't take the Chargers or the Falcons. Just stay away and laugh at that one. Washington football team traveling west to San Francisco, really Santa Clara to take on the 49ers 49ers favored by four and a half. That number has come down to three over under sits at about thir uh, 43, 43 and a half, depending on your book right now. Plus four and a half would have been pretty sweet. Plus three is not quite as sweet. How do you feel about this game? This one is really tough. I loved the four and a half. Uh, I love the Washington defense. Um, I love if, if you're taking the Washington bet, it looks like Debo might be out this game. We're going to have to monitor that. So it's going to be like, Brandon Ayuk, Jordan Reed, you know, Ross Dwelly, Kendrick Bourne, like none of that is like super intimidating. Of course, the running game is typically intimidating, but it wasn't against the Bills. The reason I hesitate here is because I think Sala and the 49ers defense really have a problem with mobile quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just don't, they just didn't know how to handle Josh Allen, even though you could kind of see what was happening. Like they just, they tried to adjust, I'm sure, but it just nothing worked. Josh Allen had all the time in the world, but when San Francisco goes against like a Jared Goff, for example, a guy they know isn't going to leave the pocket, they completely crush him. And let's be honest about Alex Smith. He's been fantastic, but he is a watered down Jared Goff. I mean, his best moment is, is Jared Goff like, like on a good day because he's just not, he's just not that quarterback he was, you know, 15, 10 years ago. So with that said, I, I think I think this got bet down to three and a half because everybody's just saw what Washington did against the Steelers and we saw what the 49ers did so this is where like you have to be really careful because recency bias even though you're like thinking you're ignoring it you're not really because you you can't unsee what you just saw and the 49ers did not look like a legitimate football team the other night I mean they legitimately looked like the Jets they couldn't stop anything it was it was actually kind of embarrassing the one thing I'll say is that Nick Mullins is going to have a real hard time against this defense mm -hmm. so I have to take the points with Washington but I take it nervously this is not something I'm comfortable with and you know it's probably a stay away for me but three and a half if you're getting it at plus three and a half I do like it at three it's a stay away for sure 
I think I roll with the 49ers here, especially with that number coming down. So again, as you said, you know, we think about that recency bias and all those things, right? The the 49ers after a bye beat up on the Rams, who only a couple weeks ago, the media was talking about after they beat the Bucks, how, oh, they're high flying, they're great, they're probably going to go to the Super Bowl, and then they fall flat on their face. Uh, and then they take on Josh Allen, who we were both on the 49ers. Clearly that didn't work out. You still hate Josh Allen. I love Josh Allen. I think he's absolutely incredible this year. Not MVP, but absolutely incredible this year. So I think you're not giving him enough credit, honestly. And yes, I agree with you. It's going to be hard to do anything for the 49ers, but I think it's going to be much, much harder for the Washington Football Club to do anything against the 49ers defense, as you said, with a very immobile quarterback. I think they'll be able to figure that out. I don't think they're going to give up many points. And I think eventually the run game is going to break through and figure out what to do with this Washington front, even as fantastic as it is. I think the 49ers eventually break through. I think they do end up winning this game by about a touchdown. I think it's close. I think it's fun. Um, but it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting. So I, at four and a half, I would have definitely sided with you or stayed away. I think now with it three, three and a half, I think I'll roll with the 49ers uh brian do you want to bring this up jordan reed and alex smith revenge game i love that narrative i'm not changing my mind but i really really love that narrative i want to see i want to see jordan reed have a good game i i felt like he was probably going to be out of the league two years ago because of all those concussions but mm -hmm. he's such a talented tight end and it's it's really a shame i mean he's he's been in the league a long time so it's not yeah. really like a quote shame i mean he's he's made his way in the nfl but if you could put it uh, together a nice game in another couple of years, I'll be really happy for him there. So uh, one thing I want to point out that this over under is probably the lowest total on, on the board. It's 43 and a half. Yes. And it's look, it looks like it's staying there. Actually it's been bet down to 43 in a couple places. So this is definitely going to be a run heavy game. With that said, I'm almost positive Antonio Gibson's not going to play this game. And I'm pretty sure he's not going to play the next game either. So they're, they're running with, you know, Peyton Barber, J.D. McKissick. Yes, it worked against the Steelers, but is it going to work twice with below average quarter um, running backs? You know, probably not. You know, they're really going to have to show up defensively. This The only way they win this game is, is if it's like a 20 to 13 game mm -hmm. or like, a, you know, 24 to 10 or something. They really have to like stymie the running game and, and make sure Mullins turns the ball over a couple of times. 100%, 100% agree with you, Antonio Gibson. That is a huge, huge loss. I apologize for not bringing that up. Um, and that is weird. They He's out and that line still moves in that direction. So you talked about how the 43 number was small. We have another one, Saints and the Eagles. Uh, Saints as seven-point favorites on the road. Jalen Hurts, your starting quarterback for the Eagles. Brian, I hope you are excited. This is mine and favorite see a team favorite team C and I get to talk about Saints favored by seven over under at 44, 44 and a half, depending on your book. All the money's coming in on the under all of the money's coming in on the Saints and that number is not budging. And not only is the number not budging, the juice is actually with the Eagles at plus seven, which is interesting. It's very interesting. Let's pay attention to that stuff. People let's pay attention to that stuff. See a minus seven Taysom Hill on the road, Jalen Hurts. Man, these two quarterbacks suck. Talk to me, Sia. What do you got? I <laughs> just uh, real quick though, but because because uh, uh, Brian has has said Barber season, so mm -hmm. I mean, I assume he's talking about Peyton Barber. Yeah. Uh, Fourteen carries for twenty three yards, which by the oh. way is probably like impressive relative to mm -hmm. his normal yards per carry. So yeah. that's going to be a hard pass for me there. But anyway, um, Saints Eagles. I, I like the Eagles. Period. I mean, I, I I don't like the Eagles, but seven points is a lot. And we saw what happened when the backup quarterback came in 
I mean, he, I'm not that that's going to like, he's not going to drop dimes every time to Rieger, but he can move in the pocket. Like the one thing I worry about him is this defensive front and the back end of the Saints mm-hmm. defense is actually pretty good. But I think with just him being able to move, maybe they run some read option with Miles Sanders, apparently the backup running back for the Eagles as well, because it's like Boston Scott show sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I, I think they're going to show a level of like, they're going to be dynamic enough to cover this line uh, as good as I, as, and honestly, Taysom Hill, like he's due to he's due to have a couple bad games here. I think it's going to be a lot easier to keep. He actually had an impressive game last week. He threw a, a, yeah. a bunch to Michael Thomas. Uh, it was impressive, but seven's too much. I, I don't think Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback, but we haven't seen enough from Jalen Hurts, and neither have the Saints. And so I think they're going to be able to do some things that are going to surprise the Saints, just like the Saints normally do with Taysom Hill. Carson Wentz's contract starts next year. So I just want to start there. Jalen Hurts is a bad quarterback. They drafted him in the second round instead of grabbing maybe, I don't know, a wide receiver to help Carson Wentz out or even the other offensive lineman. Can't have too many offensive linemen. Just about every team in the league knows that. I think Jalen Hurts is bad. He had one throw. He had one throw, and you could hear Philadelphia from where I was. You could legitimately hear Philadelphia rejoice. He had a single throw. That was good. I'll give him that. Uh, They also had a punt return, which has literally nothing to do with Jalen Hurts. So I don't know why... You know, they, they did score a couple points when he came into the game, but man, no, I think, I think, um, how about this? I think that Sean Payton is still angry about not getting to face the Eagles the year they won the Super Bowl, because I think everybody would kind of agree the Saints should have won that game if they made it to the NFC Championship game. I think that was the uh, Stefan Diggs taking it to the house for literally no reason. Uh, that was that year because Saints lose to the Vikings a lot, it turns out, in the playoffs. I think they beat the shit out of the Eagles. I think they absolutely beat the hell out of them. There's no home field advantage. Jalen Hurts, that defense is incredible. They haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher or 300-yard passer for a very extended period of time during this year. It's been like the last 10 games or something. They haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher or a 300-yard passer. It's something ridiculous. So I think they beat the hell out of Jalen Hurts. I think they confuse the shit out of him. I think he does okay. He's going to complete some passes. He's going to scramble a little bit. He's going to get out of the pocket. He's going to do his thing. But I don't, Taysom Hill, I don't think he needs to do too much. Hopefully they figure out like, hey, maybe we can just give the ball to Alvin Kamara a couple more times. He could do his thing. As you said, Michael Thomas came alive. He started to look really good finally. Uh, He had one of his quintessential 10 for 110 yard games. And yeah, I think the Eagles defense isn't very good. They get a little bit of pass rush, but I don't think they're going to do too much with it with Taysom Hill. And I think the Saints win pretty easily. Yeah, I'll be on the other side on that one. Yeah. I hear you, though. I mean, the argument's yeah. fine. I, I just, you know, you said, you know, Jay, that Jalen Hurts only threw one good ball, which yes. is true, but at least he threw the ball. Like, Carson Wentz just wins in the pocket and gets sacked. That's a great point. I mean, that is know, a good point. The, the mere ability to move the pocket and have the potential that that, that you're going to rush, and you know you know he's been practicing all season for this. You, you know they have some of these dedicated plays for him to run in this Saints game that he's been working on for weeks, some of these this read option stuff or QB sneak kind of running maybe some of the Taysom Hill stuff. So I, I, think, this, I think the Saints defense is going to be surprised on this one. One last point, Doug Peterson. Uh, yeah, Doug Peterson, the, um, the Anthony Lynn of the NFC. Love it. Anthony Lynn of the NFC. Uh, let's move on. We have our Sunday night game again. Everybody come hang out with us. Windailysports.com backslash chat. Seven free days in our instant messenger chat where we talk about sports and help you win money. Just have us to be on Discord. Fun place, I promise. Steelers. Bills. Crazy line. Steelers open at minus two and a half. 
They are now plus two and a half on the road in Buffalo over under started at 47 and a half comes down to about 46 and a half, depending on your book, five point swing. And that all probably happened after we watched the football team beat the Steelers and the bills beat the crap out of the 49ers. Sounds like a lot. Sounds like a lot though. Yeah, this is interesting uh, because you've lost so much value here. You know, like when you lose five points, it's really hard for me to justify taking the bills when I could have gotten it like five points ago. Yeah. With that said, like minus two and a half, I, I hate to go on the recency bias thing, and I I'm sure Pittsburgh is going to be prepared and ready, but they have absolutely no running game. And the bills, I, I listen, the Steelers without Devin Bush and without their, uh, I'm forgetting his name, right? The, the DN, the Tours mm -hmm. ACL. Uh, Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree. Like, this is not the same defense. And we just saw Josh Allen expose a pretty good defense. Like, the Niners' defense isn't bad. They were healthy. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't see much of a drop-off against the Steelers' defense. Yeah, the Steelers' defense has a ton of weapons. I mean, they have, like, Tewitt and Hayward and, and, and these guys in the – Fitzpatrick on the back end. But uh, the Bills are in just such a good spot. And I don't think Pittsburgh is going to correct their wrongs immediately, just days later. So I'll, I'll take the Bills here. Yeah, I, I can't take it. As you said, we lost way, way, way too much value. Um, I I don't know, though. Now Steelers at plus two and a half looks a little juicier. looks a little bit more interesting. Again, they were 11 and one. You don't go 11 and uh, 11 and 0 by mistake. Like, yeah, we could talk about how they did scratch out a couple wins. Probably shouldn't have won a couple others. Why didn't all the other teams do that? Right. If it's that easy. So there is a reason you go 11 and 0. I think that's something. I do think the Bills end up winning this game. Um, probably don't want to take it. It's Sunday night, so maybe I do. Maybe I'll be kind of bet out by the end of the day. We'll see what happens. But definitely probably going to stay away. But I like your ah, – damn. Now I don't know what to do. You confuse me, Sia. Let's go back to the chat. That's always fun. I always like going back to the chat. Brian, zoom me in so I can irrationally – unrationally? irrationally defend my bum squad uh no <laughs> sorry bud not gonna do that not gonna do that uh don't start nicholas don't start with what ifs dude i'm not not trying to start with what ifs i'm just saying sean payton's still probably angry and not not being able to play that eagles team i don't know why you think I'm, you're taking all this personally i have nothing against the vikings man <laughs> is it me I don't, I don't know i guess he I, is a yeah, like gee sorry man nicholas is a jilted vikings fan i can tell time they get into a scenario where it looks like you know, the top is going to come off and they're, they're going to be able to celebrate. They miss like a 22 yard field goal or something crazy happens. Uh, like, yeah. And it's shout it's, out it's Blair best. Walsh. What's up? Didn't think we'd be talking about him, but yeah, Nicholas got nothing against you, man. Just the, I don't, I don't know how this turned into a Vikings chat, but yeah. Um, Manscaped canceled. Brian, you don't mean that. Take it back. And Anthony Lynn, Doug comment was too far, <laughs> but really was it Brian? Was it? I don't think well, so. it was, but you know, admittedly, that was for clicks. A yeah, that's bit. true. But that's at funny. the same time, Doug Peterson is I don't I don't know where the evidence is that he's a good coach because we know during their Super Bowl run it was Frank Reich and mm -hmm. it was um Flippa, Foles, yeah. uh, coaching and guy. Nick Foles, yes. Big dick Nick, shout out him. Um, all right, last game. Uh, and this one might get a little weird. So the Browns have been allowing fans in their stadium. There is now, I don't remember if it's a Cleveland, Casey, maybe you could help me out. I don't know if it's a Cleveland or if it's a Ohio um, ordinance, but they're having uh, a curfew after 10 o'clock. So if the game starts at 8 o'clock, won't end till 11, they obviously can't have fans. 
and they're trying to figure out what they can do with like their players and their stadium workers. It's very confusing. So they're actually considering either moving moving the game up into the day so they can allow fans to come to it because the Browns, everybody. I don't know why nobody doesn't care, but the Browns are nine and three. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Excuse my language, but the Browns are nine and three. Like the first time above five hundred. I feel like in my entire life, uh, and like I don't say that facetiously, like, legitimately, I think there was like two seasons where they were above 500. And the one time was with Derek, uh, what was it? Who, Derek Anderson, maybe? Derek Anderson, right? So, I mean, man, they're going to make the playoffs again, I think for the first time in my life. Like, let's talk about the Browns at nine and three. So they're considering moving up the game to allow fans to go so that they can enjoy their Browns potentially beating the Ravens. So, that just makes it a little weird off the bat, but it is our Monday night game. Ravens were favored by three. That number has come down to one on the road. Nothing in terms of betting and numbers, though. About 50-50 split on the bet, about 50-50 split on the handle. To see a number move that much, what do you think? It, I mean, there was no injuries in that Ravens-Cowboys game, I don't think. Like, why does the number move that much? Yeah, well, I don't know exactly when it moved. I assume the line was posted as of this morning, but I think that's just retaliation for the Browns being really good and the Ravens being on the outside looking in of, of the playoff picture. I mean, they didn't look that impressive against the Cowboys yesterday. Nope. I mean, they looked okay, but they didn't look that impressive. Cowboys are bad. Cowboys are bad. Cowboys are uh, bad. With, with all that said, I like the Ravens here. I mean, it's, it's a must win. I don't want to get too much into narratives because often narratives don't work out, but this is an absolute must win for the Ravens. And the Browns are sitting pretty. And honestly, like they've beaten up on some really bad defenses, but you know, Tennessee's defense is bad. So Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield looked really good. And Baker Mayfield has looked good at times. Of course, he's had the weather games for like three weeks in a row. Yeah. He couldn't really even throw the ball. Higgins has stepped up. Jarvis Landry has stepped up. Peoples Jones has stepped up. Like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are dynamic. All of those things are true. Austin Hooper is even pretty good. But I think this Ravens defense is formidable, way more formidable than the last few defenses they've played. And uh, just that whole must-win narrative, I, I like the Ravens in this spot. I, I, it comes down to, do I really believe, if, if they have to put it in Baker's hands, do I really believe in Baker? And the answer is no. And on the Lamar side of it, I don't think they have to put it in Lamar's hands necessarily. I think that's going to be him running and the, the J.K. Dobbins of the world and Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram's running as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we I think this was the first game of the year and we were all kind of laughing at the Browns because they got throttled. It was like 36 to three, maybe like immediately got out of hand. They couldn't run the ball. I think the Browns are built to be in close games. And I think they don't really like obviously this last game was kind of weird because Baker just went and again. I loved it went nuclear on the Titans defense. I don't think he's going to do that against the Baltimore Ravens defense. I think this game's going to be a little bit tighter, and I do think the Ravens end up winning. I also think the Ravens just have their number. I think it's kind of like the Steelers, right? Like, I know Casey, I think he was kidding when he was talking about it. Week 17, the Steelers are going to take the L against the Browns, but it's because the Steelers either locked up the one or the two seed, and they don't really need to do anything anymore. I think that's the Browns still needing to jockey for position there. So I think that's pretty important. And uh, Casey does have some information for us, so I appreciate that. Uh, He corrected it. It's a state... uh, 10 p.m. regulation the nfl is looking to see if the game is exempt the browns made the playoffs in 2002 well casey not sure if you paid attention it's 2020 and i'm 14 so no i am not that old <laughs> uh and here we go see ya do the browns deserve a place at the afc playoff table hmm. <laughs> that's great <laughs> um thanks for the question casey so yes uh the question is what tier are they in you know they're definitely not in that top tier with Kansas City, and I guess Pittsburgh is still in that top tier, although they have flaws. 
I, they're in that next tier. They're in that next tier where like everybody's sort of like floating. Like if a few weeks ago, I had the Raiders in that second tier, which obviously I was wrong on that. But I think the Browns are sort of still floating. The, the problem is against a really good defense, if they have to pass the ball, I do not believe in Baker, period. Mm-hmm. Period, I don't believe in Baker. But if they can play a just like re- lean on their defense a little bit and lean on Chubb and Hunt a lot, I think they can be great. But you know they're not going to beat the Kansas City. I, they can beat Kansas City if they establish an early lead and they and Chubb and Hunt can't get stopped. But they're you know probably the um, fourth or fifth best team in the AFC, which is pretty good for the Browns. So mm-hmm. yeah, they're they're obviously going to make the playoffs. I mean that's not even a question at this point. Yeah, I I 100% believe that they deserve a seat at the table. Of course, in a vacuum, when we look at everything you know, just a pinch of salt here and there. Uh, yeah, I think absolutely. They, they a hundred percent deserve to be there. They, I mean, they're nine and three, dude. Why are we not talking about it more? The Browns are good. They're going to have a double digit win season might end up winning 11 games. That's freaking awesome. Go Browns. Uh, and all my friends out in Cleveland, they are enjoying the heck out of it. Um, all right. So you brought it up and I want, if the season ended today, they play at Tennessee and Casey's fine with that. Yeah, obviously you guys beat the <laughs> shit out of them in Tennessee. Thanks Casey. Appreciate your insight. Um, see ya. No, but that, that, that is good to know though. I mean, I mean, I guess if, I, I don't know if you're betting props or something on the AFC, like you, you, you would all, you, if you picture that being the actual first round matchup, you know, the Browns have like a layup. I mean, I, I haven't looked at what the odds are for, for the Browns to win the AFC, but they're probably pretty long. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't take that bet, but man, if they're matched up against Tennessee, like say goodnight. Like, I mean, I'm not saying Tennessee can't win that game, but that was a drubbing. They, they cannot stop that running game. Tennessee's in really big trouble if they if they get matched up against certain teams. Honestly, I think Tennessee against Kansas City is a much better matchup than Tennessee against the Browns. And that is just that's purely matchup dependent. I like it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It would be interesting. I would take it. I do want to shout out our man, Brian. Preseason, he had Packers, Eagles, Packers win. Well, at least you're honest with yourself. Steelers, Chiefs, Steelers win. Now he's Packers, Seahawks, Browns. Steelers yeah the Chiefs can't run the ball the Browns that we know that they're very very good at that unfortunately they probably can't beat the Steelers and Connor should be back but Connor's kind of sucked this year outside of like three games so not really sure too much to do with there so see yeah, before we do leave I uh, want to thank everybody in the chat because it's our favorite part at least it's my favorite part I, I love engaging with everyone but we've done this a couple times and it's always very confusing who are your top three top five teams in the AFC Oh, wow. In order. In order. Top five teams. Um, and I want to remind everybody, only a couple of weeks ago, the Raiders were the, the, he put the Raiders at number three. So just want to put that out there. So, so uh, I don't want to leave somebody out. So I'm kind of scrolling teams, but obviously Kansas City's on top. Kansas City. Um, I think it's fair to put Pittsburgh at number two, but honestly, uh, losing Bud Dupree and then Devin Bush about five, mm-hmm. six weeks ago, I think is a really, really big deal. I agree. Um, God, at the three spot, I don't think I can put, I don't think I can put the Browns at the three spot in spite of what I just said. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go through the re- the Colts, the, the Colts, Knights, the Ravens. Those well, are like, so, uh, like so I think, it's the, I think it's the Colts next. As much as I hate Phillip Rivers, when that Colts defense is healthy and they, they did get to force Buckner back, mm-hmm. they're still missing yep. a guy or two. But when that Colts defense is healthy, it's really, really formidable. So I'd, I'd probably, and, and Rivers, as much as, he slingshots the ball and shot puts it like, you know, somebody who's never thrown a ball before. Like 
he can matriculate the ball down the field. He's good pre-snap and he has weapons. I mean, forget about T.Y. Hilton. He had a nice game for once, but like Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton, Zach Pascal, they've got a couple dynamic runners in Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines. Um, I would put them three and mm-hmm. then I would probably put the Browns four, the Titans five. I'll use U.S. for top five. I think that's, unless so I'm forgetting. Something. Ravens six? The Ravens would be six. Yeah. I think okay. the Ravens are going to make a run and I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to yeah. win out actually, but um they're definitely six because they don't. Uh, Lamar Jackson doesn't look like he can consistently throw the ball downfield. Nope, no, he does not. He kind of looks bad. And against the Cowboys' defense, I thought he was going to do more. I mean, he did a lot on the ground. That's great. But I think what threw for like 115 yards. No, they won handily, so it is what it is. But in a vacuum, man, I'd be worried about that game. So, thank you so much to everybody. Thank you to Brian and Casey and Josh and all of our friends that have been hanging out with us in the chat. Who else am I forgetting? Who else am I forgetting? Nick. Sorry, Nick. Don't hate the Vikings. So no, no reason. Andrew appreciate, appreciate each and every one of you. I really sincerely do. This is a fun, fun part of it. Thank you to manscaped. Please, please, please. Uh, manscaped.com promo code win daily. You get 20% off and free shipping using promo code win daily. And it helps us out a ton so that we can keep doing this, having fun, and Jason can make money. So shout out, good for Jason. Uh, Sia, where can everybody find you on the internet? Uh, by the way, so Tipton, oh. Stoby, Theo, there, there's yes, a few yes, others. Thank um, you, sorry. I didn't scroll yeah. that far. <laughs> you guys make the show fun. It's a little bit longer, so hopefully you're willing to listen yeah, for nine minutes. It's definitely fun and some really good insight too. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Sia Najad Sports and on Twitter at Sia Najad. And on Sirius XM this Saturday night. I know in our chat, we were talking about stacks and players we like. They do that in the Win Daily chat. Like literally, again, if you sign up for Win Daily, you'll, you'll see all that. Um, they're like nonstop 24-7. So I'll probably be jumping back in there. But we do daily fantasy sports every Saturday night on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Channel. And it's a really good show. It's two hours and it's like action-packed. Every position, every matchup every stack, every share you want. It's it's really good. Obviously, Nick Bretwish comes on and and Ghost comes on. We have a lot. David Meltzer comes on. We have a lot of really cool guests. Yes, it's a, it's a great show, so make sure to check that out. 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. You can hear me on Sirius XM Sports Radio, but it's not on demand, right? It's anytime you want. Some, something like that. Just search Showdown, search Win Daily, and you can hear the Win Daily Sports Showdown Throwdown with myself and Jason. Sometimes Ghost is there as well. We've had Nick on to just talk about that Monday night showdown game, how we're looking at it, how we're breaking it down. You can listen to that at any time you want after we record it Monday morning. So you can pretty much get it anytime you want after that. You can find me at Michael Raziel one You can find us at Win Daily Sports. Again, thank you to Manscaped. We have Asian Shorty. I assume that's Asian. AZN. That's the only thing that I know it is. Uh, nearly wrecked when you listen to the first Manscaped plug. Well, please don't get into a car accident. We like you. We want to keep you in our expert Discord chat. You can go there, windailysports.com backslash chat. Instant messenger about sports where we help you win money. Just happens to be on the platform Discord. So we appreciate you, Miss Shorty. Um, yeah. Oh. So, so one quick thing, because normally we're, normally after the show, I dive into our golf chat because, yeah. thing, you know, golf starts. So we don't have that, but we kind of do because in five minutes out in Dubai, the world championship goes on, the DP world championship. So I just want to put this out there. I want to I have this on the air just in case oh. it actually happens. Are you breaking news, Sia? No, no, no. Well, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, it's the European tour, so I'm not going to pretend like I'm like the, on the European tour, but I will break some news at 10.08 Eastern Standard Time. On a Wednesday night, we are five minutes from 
the DP Championship out in Dubai and your first round leaders, by the time I wake up, this thing will be nearly over. Your first round leaders that I put in our Discord chat on the Golf Channel, Danny Willette, Bern Wiesberger, and Tom Lewis. Now, I believe Willette was like 40 to 1. Wiesberger was around, I think, 35 or 40 to 1. And Tom Lewis was 60 to 1. So those are your first round leaders when you wake up tomorrow morning. Can't wait. I'm putting in a couple bets. So thank you, Sia. Thank you to the chat. Thank you to the Windelli Sports family. Thank you from myself. We talked a bunch about games to stay away from. Oh, what's your biggest lock? Good question. That is a good question. Thanks, Nick. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm definitely to... not the Vikings. I can tell you that much right now. You know, I kind of I kind of like I, the Buccaneers is too big of a spread for me to mm -hmm. love that. Um, the Texans is coming to mind, but I, I want to give this question its proper due and kind of like scroll the the games here. The Chiefs and the Dolphins, no, I don't like that. Even at seven, that's not a favorite of mine. The Raiders, man, these are some tough lines. I would um, say the Packers, honestly. Yeah, I, I think that was the one I was most excited about as well. So, yeah, yeah. I would say the Packers. Um I'm pretty confident in that Eagles game, and I don't really have a good explanation for that. I would say the Packers and the Ravens are my two favorite. I like it. I like it. And see you, Mac. See you, Mac Daddy. Uh, Nick Nicholas bet on the Bucks to cover, which I understand. Good team. Oh yeah, and I like that too. I, I especially like that Nick. And uh, Nick lives out in Vegas, by the way, so he can literally oh, just yeah. walk over to the casino and make these bets um, and get the the paper ticket and everything. But. Mm -hmm. uh, I like the Buccaneers particular. I mean, he's a Vikings fan, so if he's betting against his Vikings, you know he's being pretty objective here. So <laughs> I, I do like the I do like the Buccaneers in a money line parlay. I mean, I, I hate to sort of recommend that because it's sort of like Suckerville when you're when you're doing stuff like that. But Buccaneers and um, the Packers in a money line parlay, or the Buccaneers and the Chiefs. But I probably like Buccaneers Packers a little bit better. I like that in a money line parlay. I like that. I put in money line parlays every single week, so I don't know why you got to be like that. Um, for Sia, for the Windelli Sports family, for everybody in the chat, for myself, we all hope you make it a very profitable week 14 in the NFL. Sports.